Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or go to the story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service. love choir Sunday because it feels like when they get done we could just go home we already been ministered to right it makes my job so much easier well some of you guys know Rebecca and I's story you know that we came to Grand Junction back in like 1992 uh, my uh, wife was from Louisiana um, I grew up here in Colorado but we met at a youth camp in Texas I actually see a LSU shirt out there go Tigers go Tigers one person goes yeah that's fine that's fine there's a love for LSU in our family. But when we came here, not long after we came here, we were young marrieds, and, and, and we got to buy our first house. Now that's always a big deal, right? That's a big deal when you get to, to buy your, your, your first house. And in 1992, we bought an 1,800, almost 1,900 square foot house, uh, one owner, so it was somewhat new, for $98,500. Uh, yes, yes. And nowadays you go, okay, I'll take four. I'll take four of those. Now, that was a super great investment for us. And that investment really paid off. Uh, we, we stayed in that house for, I don't know, four or five years. Uh, when we sold that house, I was able to pay off my student loans. And then we were able to save enough for uh, a, a new house, a house that we wanted to build. We were able to put enough down as a down payment to be able to build that. So that it worked out great. It was a great investment. And investments either pay off or they don't. Now, if you lived here over the last 30 years, if you've invested in real estate, almost always it's paid off. Now, I remember buying that first house and building the second house. I remember going, God, you know, is this the right time? Is, uh, you know, is interest rates right? I mean, is, am I going to continue to have a job and a salary in the future? I mean, should I invest in this home? And I very much felt like when, when I prayed those things that God said, yes, this is the time. Yes, do it. And as a result, God blessed us. And he's probably blessed you as well. But the truth is, is that we probably should be praying about investments every day. And not investments just on big things, but, but, but investments in small things too. Like, Lord, what, what do you want us to invest in today? Who do you want us to invest in today? Those are probably questions and prayers that we should have on a daily basis. But we're not good at that. And it probably could survey the crowd right now. And in your prayer life, you'd probably say, yeah, I don't, I don't pray that. I don't pray. And what I should invest for or who I should invest in. I, I probably don't do that very good. Now, why is that the case? Because we're selfish. We have a selfish nature. And I say that, and some of you might go, well, no, 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 come on, I'm not selfish. I'm, I'm not selfish. Okay, then, then here's, a, here's a clarifying question that we all need to ask ourselves to see if we're, we're really selfish. 
When we're in a group picture, or we take a group picture, and we get to see that picture, who's the first person we look for? <laughs> Us, right? And the determining factor in whether that picture is good or not is how we look. If we look good, we're like, oh, that's such a good picture. Everybody else could have their eyes closed and, and stuff on their face, and we'd go, let's use this one. But if everybody else looks great and we're our eyes closed or we don't look good, it's like, oh, that's awful. We can't, that, we can't use that picture. That's just us. We have a selfish nature. That is us. So we have to do things. We have to train ourselves not to be selfish. So on a daily basis, we need to add a few things to our prayer life. Now, many of you, you've done spiritual warfare. You've done a lot of courses here at Fellowship. So you already pray that, that God would give you God's armor on a daily basis. You pray, you know, for forgiveness of sins. You, you do certain things every day. But I challenge you to add two more things to your prayer life. And the first is, is God, what should I invest in today? What should I invest in today? Now, there's certain things, of course, we need to be investing in, and most of us understand this. We need to be investing in our relationship with God. That's what we teach here. That is discipleship. We need to be praying. We need to be worshiping God like what we just did, but not only on Sundays, but throughout the week. We need to be studying the Bible and, and understanding his word. We need to go to worship services like you are today. I mean, that's super important. And when we do those things, we're investing in our relationship with, with God. We should be investing in our marriages if we're married. We should be we dating our spouse. That's something that, that we teach in our Renewal and Rescue series is that you never stop dating your spouse. We should invest in marriage retreats and marriage seminars. We just had a marriage retreat last October up in Breckenridge. It was awesome. It was such a blessing. Yeah, there you go. It was, it was just a great weekend. And that, it took a little money. It took a little time. But what did we do as couples? We invested in our marriages. We can do that through seminars. We can do that through books. We have great marriage resources right there in our bookstore. And if we're struggling in our marriage, we need to do some investment. And sometimes we even need counseling. I mean, we do. I, there's been times with Rebecca and I where it's like, hey, we need help. We need some advice here. We need somebody to steer us through this storm. And so counsel is so important in marriages. We need help. And we all know this if you're a parent. We need help with parenting. Hey, we, need, we need to invest in parenting. And we do that through dating our kids. You know, we, we invest in our relationship with our kids. And, and, and we may read parenting books or we may go to parenting seminars. Or, or there's been times with Rebecca and I that, man, we, need we needed counseling when it came to parenting. And all of those things are investments into something that's super important. Now, of course, we have to invest in our jobs so that we make a living. We invest hours at work. We invest training at work. We, in, we, we work hard at work. That's all investment in, in, in our occupation. That's super, super important. But we also need to be investing in kingdom work. In kingdom work. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, and this is out of the message translation, which I just love reading scriptures out of the message. It says, Meanwhile, the eleven disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus has set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about, uh, because they might be risking themselves totally. So this is the time in, in, in the timeline where Jesus has he's died, he's been resurrected, and he's come back to earth to speak to the disciples. And he sets up this meeting with them on the mountain. And he says this, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge 
He says, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, making them by, uh, making, marking them by baptism in, three, in a threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day, right up until the end of age. So Jesus comes and he says, God has, has told me what I need to tell you, which is to go out and invest in others. Teach them the things that I, te- that I taught you. Get them saved. Get them baptized. And so he, he charges the disciples with this, but understand that this scripture is not just for them. It's for every believer. It's for all of us. If it was just for the disciples, then the Christian race or the, Christ- or the Christian religion would have died a long time ago. But it's for, it's for all of us. Because God understands something. He understands that if we're ever going to lead somebody, we have to invest in them first. When we invest in them, it gives us influence, and then we're able to lead. And so the Great Commission, which is what this scripture is actually called, is all about investing in others so that we might have influence, so that we might be able to lead and help those that are struggling or going through a hard time just like we have. 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11 says, The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. So he's saying, pray. Pray earnestly. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So he's given us gifts, but they're not really for us, they're for others. Do you have a gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Christ Jesus, or through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So of all the scripture that we have to look at, according to verse 8, the most important thing of all is continuing to show love for each other. Showing love for each other, investing in them, is the most important thing that we do. Why? Why is that? Well, it's because investing in people makes an eternal difference. When we invest in a person, that's eternal. Their spirit is eternal. And there's nothing more important that we can invest in, invest in, than, in, in than in each other. Now, last weekend was our kids' conference uh, here at Fellowship. And, oh, it was so awesome. And, I, and I'm going to tell a few stories this morning. I hope I don't get all cry-cry, but it's, it's going to be hard because some, some seriously cool things happen. We had 215 uh, elementary age, second through fifth graders, come uh, and worship uh, and, and go through our conference uh, uh, just over three days. And we had 60 volunteers that came and were a part of that different ages. We had high school students, and we had, we had uh, ages just all the way up to people that, are, that were my age and, and older. And they all decided that, we were gonna, that they were going to invest a weekend into our kids. Now, one of the things that we always do is we always make sure that there's a theme for our camps and our conferences. And the theme for this particular conference was we wanted to make sure that students or kids understood where they get their identity from. That they get their identity from God, not from culture, not from the media, not from their sexuality, 
but from God. And so uh, uh, Madeline uh, actually did a message, and she did this message, and it was all about identity. And she used a little figure, and she talked about this little creature, and he's called a narwhal. Now, do you know what a narwhal is? You're, you're a narwhal. So this will, the, <laughs> for those of you that don't watch the Discovery Channel, but you watch Will Ferrell movies, did you ever see Elf? Okay, so in uh, Elf, when he's getting ready to go to New York, he, he pushes off from land and he's on a little iceberg, and a narwhal comes up and goes, hey buddy, bye buddy, hope you find your dad. Remember, okay, that's a narwhal. And they're, they're called the unicorn of the sea, and they're real. And so she starts talking about a narwhal, and she starts talking about how God created them and how unique they were, and she, she talks about the, the horn that they have and the, all the different things that this horn does. It helps them to communicate with each other, and there's different parts of, of different things that, that the horn does, but it's like some horns are as, as long as, as 10, 12 feet long, and, and so she has some pictures of them in the wild, and, and the kids were just so, uh, uh, you know, intrigued, of course, by animals and by, by the narwhal, because narwhals are, are super cute. And then uh, each when, when we set up kids' conference and we, when we set up our, our, youth, our, our uh, youth camps, there's always four teams. So there's a blue team, a purple team, an uh, orange team, and a pink team. And they do competitions all week or all weekend uh, against each other. And, and they love competition. Of course, kids love competition. And so uh, she, she, gets these, she has these tables that come out in front of each section of, of, of the bleachers. And they're covered up with a black cloth. And each uh, table is set in front of each group. And then they pull the cloth off. And they're all filled with these narwhals according to the color of their team. Now, of course, the kids were so pumped uh, to get a little stuffed animal. And, and you think, well, okay, that's really something that's cool that they'll help remember that God created them uniquely. But with each narwhal was a couple of cards. And these cards were designed to help our kids remember to pray. And so the first card is their morning prayer. And so uh, they pray each morning to put on the armor of God. Now, for some of us, we just learned that as adults. Like, we just learned how to put on the armor of God. Well, your kids are learning this as early as second grade. So they pray, God, you know, give me the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, sword of spirit, belt of truth, and shoes of peace. And so they do this every day. And then the next card, they pray about how God sees them. Okay? So... And this was such a beautiful part of the service. So each day they pray and say, I, I, I proclaim I am Jesus' favorite. I am kind. I am loved. I am important. And then there was a blank line. And Madeline said, now, of course, these things are all tr true of all of you. But God has a special word for you today. A unique word for you, for you today. How, how he made you very, very individually and, 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 and creatively. So what I want you to do, and she had all the kids on the, on the floor. There was actually a picture of them holding up their narwhals. And she says, I want to get really, really quiet in here. And let me tell you, that's a miracle in itself to get that 200 second through fifth graders quiet. And she goes, I want you to get really quiet. And we're going to have a little music. And I want you to quiet your mind. And I want you to listen for God's voice. Let him tell you something special about you. 
And so about five minutes go by, and, and she says, now the counselors are going to come out. You're, 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 uh, and we have counselors for each small section of, of teams. And she's like, you know, they're going to help you uh, if you haven't gotten your word yet. And then she says, how many of you have already gotten your word? And she thought maybe 15 or 10, 20% of the kids might raise their hand. So as soon as she said that, she said, raise your hand if you already got your word. 90% of your kids raised their hand. Like they got God's word so clear. And she says, okay, I want you to write what that word is. And it was really cool because the next day, Sunday, which was last Sunday, as they were coming in to, to come to their last day of conference, I, I stood there and I, as, as they were checking in, I'm like, hey, what was your word? Did you get your word yesterday? And every one of them gave me their word. They, they said things like, I'm strong. God said I was strong. God said I was pretty. God said that I was nice. God said that I was funny. God said that I was a warrior. And so those are the things that are speaking into our kids from the Lord. And so they got that card. They, pray, they, they were taught to pray that every day. And then the second card is what they pray at night. And so the prayer at night is talking about, thank, you know, of course, thanking God and then help me to shake off all the bad and yucky parts of my day. I'm sorry for the wrong choices I made. So, so it has them ask for forgiveness for anything that they may have done. Give me good and happy dreams. Keep me and my family safe and healthy and strong. Help tomorrow to be a good day and help me with the people I meet and the things that I will do in Jesus' name. And then they pray the next card. And this card is all about asking God for help for themselves, but also praying for others. So it's teaching them to pray for themselves, but also praying for others. God help others with. God help everyone with. And so each morning and each evening, your kids that went to conference with their narwhals, and you've probably all heard all about the narwhals. I'm not telling you anything new. But this is blessing them to understand that God is investing in them and that they are investing in others. So, okay, I'm going to try to get through this. So, JL speaks, Pastor JL speaks, and she's speaking on rejection, and she's speaking on, you know, that, that, that the Lord loves them, even though maybe people in their life may reject them. And we had a little guy uh, that was just coming into second grade, and his name is Johnny. And Johnny was a foster kid, and then she was, uh, he was adopted by a precious lady in our church. And so Johnny's uh, kind of has some, phys some physical limitations, has some physical struggles. And so sometimes when you see Johnny, he has a walker. And so when it comes to competitions, uh, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a struggle for him. And towards the end of this service, Johnny started kind of acting up and, and, and struggling with anxiety and anger. And, and, he, and he started to kind of distract some kids around him. And so his counselors just pulled him out and, and brought him into a side room. And, and, and they're like trying to help him with whatever he was going through. And they started to pray for him. And then at that time, Madeline came in and she started praying for him. And they, man, they, they just did some spiritual warfare on this little guy's behalf. And, and understand, like he was angry, he was upset, and there wasn't really a, a reason for it. He had a lot of just, just pressure and anxiety in him. And, and, and Madeline said as she, as she prayed over him, he got quiet. And she said she opened her eyes. And when she did, he was smiling at her. And she knew that whatever happened in that prayer had a profound effect on Johnny. 
And then she goes, hey, buddy, um, do you want to go back in the service? You know, we have a game. Uh, we have lunch coming up. Do you like pizza? Do you like donuts? You know, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I want to I go back in. And so he came back in around a time when, uh, the, when the game was happening because they, they do, they'll, they'll teach a little bit, they'll do worship a little bit, then they'll do a game and to kind of switch things up for, for that age group because sometimes their attention span isn't, isn't the greatest. I mean, my attention span isn't very good, but, you know, they, they, they struggle sometimes too. And so they're doing this game, and uh, they make sure that Johnny gets chosen. Now, it's a big deal when you get picked for a game when there's 215 students. It's a big deal. And second through fifth graders are super competitive. Super competitive, right? And uh, uh, so when Johnny got picked, the counselors kind of knew that they needed to help Johnny a little bit. Now, normally when that happens, uh, students aren't, the kids aren't real happy about that. Like, they're, hey, hey, that's cheating. Hey, hey, you're helping him. Hey, hey, that's not fair. But somehow, the Holy Spirit was how, but somehow <laughs> they understood there was something bigger going on. And so as the counselors were helping Johnny, and Johnny was competing, Johnny won. And as Johnny was winning, all four teams started rooting for him. They started rooting for his team. And after he won, 50 orange team boys, second through fifth graders, rushed out of the bleachers to congratulate him and to lift him up. And this is a video that shows... That's Johnny in the blue shirt. Everything changed for Johnny. Everything changed for Johnny at that moment. It changed for him. Not only did something spiritual happen in him in that room, but something happened socially that affected him and will affect him forever. And he was a different kid the rest of the weekend. And we've talked to his mom since then and said, something happened in Johnny. But it wouldn't have happened if we didn't have those kids investing in him and we didn't have adult volunteers investing in him as well. We have such fertile ground here in our church, and it's such a place where you can invest your time and your resources that will have an eternal significance. So we pray for what we should invest in, but we also need to be praying for who we should invest in. Now I'm going to make a statement that it's not going to make a lot of sense now, but it will. Sometimes we think we are investing who sometimes we think that we are investing in something, but really we're not investing in that. In other words, we, we think we're doing something, but there's a different plan unfolding that we don't know about. So there's a story in the Bible, and I, I love you guys know I love first and second Samuel. I love the story of David. And and so David, when he's young, he, he's a shepherd. And he, he's taking care of his sheep. And uh, his older brothers go off to war. And his dad says, hey, I want you to go check on your brothers. I want you to bring them some food. I want you to bring them some stuff. And, and just go see how they're doing. So he goes to this battlefront. And there's no battle. There's two armies that are squared off against each other. With one giant, a Philistine, hurling insults at the entire nation of Israel. And he's saying, 
basically come out and face me in battle. Whoever wins between the two of us, that's who will win the battle. And nobody would step up. Everybody was afraid. And so this kid shows up on the scene and he decides, you know what? Nobody else is going to do it. I will. And scripture says, as he's talking to Saul, he says, but, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So basically, David, a future king, was assigned pet daycare. Okay, that's what he was assigned. Now, you can learn some things from your pet. I, I have a little, a little Yorkie. Her name is Sutton. Oh, isn't she cute? And Sorton, you know, Sutton teaches me a lot of stuff. Uh, one of the things Sutton will do is she wants to make sure that she gets all of Dad's attention. So uh, we have a cat as well. Sometimes a cat will get on, on my stomach, and then this is what Sutton does. Sutton will get in between me and the cat and make sure, go ahead and hit the, uh, go to the next one, make sure that, that, that he is the focal point of my attention. You can show the last one, and then he'll eventually just lay down in between me and the cat uh, so that he gets dad's she gets dad's attention. Now, Sutton teaches me a lot of things. She teaches me patience. And she, she teaches me tolerance. And when David is watching over the flock, you know that he's thinking to himself that, you know, I'm, I'm here, just, I'm supposed to protect the flock. And he probably believes that he was there to, to protect his family's investment and make sure that they were safe. And those things are all true. But God's reason for him being a shepherd was for him to learn responsibility to protect something that had become very precious to him, but most of all, to learn how to fight something that was much bigger than himself. David wasn't afraid of Goliath because he knew that God was with him when he had killed things that were just as fierce and scary as Goliath. Now, I've never killed a lion. I've talked to a church member that actually killed a lion with a bow one time, and he told me that was the scariest thing he's ever done, and he didn't know he would ever do it again. But I chased a bear one time with a bow into a thicket, and I got into this thicket going after this bear, and I, I got about uh, 10, 20 yards into this thicket, and all of a sudden I thought to myself, what am I doing? And fear came over me to where I was like, what I I, I'm, this, this bear has every advantage on, of, on me. I, I, it was one of the times in my life where I was probably the most fearful. And David had faced those things, not, not because he was just, you know, learning how to take care of sheep, but he faced those things to get himself a, an edge on a giant that he would face in the future. And this is the same for us. God had a higher purpose and so many times we think we're doing something, but the truth is, is God is doing something else in us. About 10 years ago, Rebecca decided to go back to school and to get her teaching degree. She did this because she was passionate about teaching, of course, and she loved teenagers, and it was something she'd always felt that she was called to do. So God used her giftings and talents, and for the last decade, she's poured her life into kids at her school. And these are all good things, but... There have been times where what she thought she was doing, she wasn't really doing. God had had many other plans 
that she could not see. And I'll give you an example of this. Now, Rebecca, Rebecca loves drama, okay? Not that kind of drama, but like skits and, and acting and that kind of thing. <laughs> you guys took that somewhere. I wasn't meaning you to go. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to lead you down that road. And she's always been involved with uh, drama and skits and theater here at the church. And her first year at, at Caprock, where she teaches, she took the theater program. And she does, did this because she had a passion for it, and God had gifted her with acting and directing abilities. And this is what she thought she was doing. But in reality, there was something much bigger going on. She had three girls that she had in different classes uh, that were exchange students. And one was from Spain, one was from Serbia, and one was from Italy. And they all joined theater together. And she loved these girls. And she would come home and she would tell me stories about them. And it came to our attention about midway through the year, right around the time of the play, that they were in really unhealthy host homes for different reasons, some worse than others, but they were all needing to find a new host family. And I remember her coming home to me and saying, Tim, you know, there's this opportunity, and it just feels so, uh, so much love and care for these, these kids. I, I hate the situation they're in. Would you consider uh, uh, bringing them into our, our home and our family? Now, understand, we had just become free birds <laughs> or empty nesters. <laughs> and so this was a big decision for us. And I remember praying, God, if you want this, if this is... If this is what you want, then just open the doors. And, and if you put them in our life in this way, we're going to receive them. And at first, we thought we were only going to get one of them. But within a couple of days, we got another. And although we didn't get the privilege of having the third, we kind of adopted her anyway. And we began a relationship with these girls that was so precious. It was so precious. And I remember when they first came here, and if you've ever hosted exchange students before, a lot of times they want the American experience. Like they, it, everything American, they just want to have the whole experience. Well, in, in Europe, they don't have a prom. So they were really, really excited about prom. Here's a picture of them at prom. And, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to uh, uh, come and, and all have their makeup done at our house. So Madeline did their makeup, and there's Maria and Rebecca and me. Uh, and Allie and, and Sarah. And so we're, we're, this, is, uh, this is after um, our, we, they took pictures and everything, and they're getting ready to go to prom. But they came to me, and they said, hey, we saw this movie one time where uh, the American father is trying to scare respect and, and uh, uh, um, um, oh, into the dates of his daughter's uh, boyfriends. Would you do that for us? <laughs> I was like, heck yes. Oh, I can't wait. And so I took it to this extreme. I dressed up in camo. Here's a picture of me. I dressed up in camo. I had my cowboy hat on. Now, these boys, these boys that they were taking to prom, they were from Europe. And so, <laughs> so this is what meets them at the door. And I emptied my gun cabinet out in my living room all over the couches and all over the chairs. 
and I, and I met them, and, and I, but there's some other things that I, I did that I just, I can't share. I'll, share. I'll share with some of you individually, but they were, it was, I'm just saying, guys, if you need ideas, come to me. I will help you. And so they come in, and usually what you do when you're going to pick up your date is you come and sit down in the living room. Well, there was no place to sit because I had guns everywhere. And so I start talking to them, and, and they're just really, really nervous. And I have an assault shotgun, and, and it's got like 11 rounds in it or something. And I'm talking to them, and I'm ratcheting these shells through my, and they're falling out on the ground, rolling around. These, these kids were so freaked out by me. It was just, uh, it, was, it, was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, a beautiful experience. And so uh, they, eventually I, I, you know, I told them the truth, what was really going on. I made it, it was so uncomfortable that Madeline went upstairs, okay? So if Madeline goes upstairs to get away from it, you know how uncomfortable it was. But we, we, we just had this incredible experience with these kids. And we invested in them, but you know what? They invested in us. And in two, that happened all in 2017, 2018, and then in 2019 we went to Europe and we spent... Uh, time with each of their families, getting to know them, and it was just like, just, just this incredible relationship, and they're actually here this morning. All three of them came back. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Two, two of them actually sang in the, in the choir this morning, which was really cool. We sent the music to them in advance where they could be a part of that, so it's just been this great homecoming and great reunion that, that we're having together, but the coolest thing that happened is that all three of them had a salvation experience right here in this worship center. Yes, that's, cool. that's, that's the coolest thing. And then uh, two of the three of a picture of this uh, were actually baptized. We got to baptize them uh, here huh. at fellowship. But that wouldn't have happened if we didn't invest in them. That would have never happened if we hadn't prayed, God, is this your will? And I can't imagine not having those relationships now. You see, Rebecca thought she was teaching a theater class, but, but God had other plans. So what should we invest? So we know when we need to invest, what should we invest? Well, our time. Our time is one of our most precious resources. And sometimes time's all it takes. Just be willing to free up your schedule for, some, for someone else and not just for yourself. And then our resources. That's our money, our gifts, our talents. Man, investing in this is so much greater than any home we can invest in, any vehicle we can invest in but to invest in a life. The early church got this, Acts 4, 23 through 35 says, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the re resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land and houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. What are we investing in? 
who are we investing in? God, you know our hearts, and you know we want to fulfill the Great Commission. You know that we want to stay in your will, and, and Lord, we want to make a difference. So I pray in every heart in this room that you would touch us. You would show us what we need to invest in. You would show us who we need to invest in. And Lord, I pray that you'd just give us the time and resources to invest. Open up the door that we might be able to help others make an internal investment in, in their future. Lord, I think sometimes we just go, how? how? Like, how are you want to do? How do you want me to do this, God? One of the easiest things we can do is just invite people to church. Invite them. Let them have the experience that you've had here. For some of us, we just need to offer a ride to a kid that wants to come to church on a Sunday or maybe to 4640 during the week. For some, we just need to be a, an ear to listen to the pain that they're going through. We just need to pray for them. So Lord, whatever it is, I, I pray now that we would take this super seriously because the scripture says our time is short. Show us and help us to remember on a daily basis to pray. What do you want us to invest in, God? And who do you want us to invest in? Be a lamp into our feet and show us the way. Help us to make a difference today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Don't miss the beginning of the next series. Managing Meltdowns is going to be awesome. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you have just prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you need prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.